Welcome to the return of Company of Two with me, Laura Oldfield, and my dear friend, colleague, mentor, Claire Venus. We are delighted to welcome you back to another episode. It has been a long time, and that's one of the things that we want to talk about today, isn't it, Claire? The last couple of months and how they've unfolded as we are about to enter in the season of Advent over here in the UK, this time of wintering, and give you some behind the scenes, some truthful insights as to what's been going on with us, with our businesses, with balance and our very being, um, which just before we started pressing record, we said you probably caught us both on a day of quite extreme highs and lows. <laughs> but that's that's what this whole space is about for you as a community to share in the honesty of being balanced in business and motherhood. So Claire, my love, how are you and what has been going on? So, you know, it's quite a Thursday-ish Friday today. It is Thursday, <laughs> but I feel like I wish it was Friday. It's been a big week. And I always try and sort of wind things down around December, but I've been feeling the call to do that in November this year. Um, however, I need to make money within my business. I've lost a couple of contracts. You know, the cultural sector is so wobbly. And so there are all of these opposing feelings of I should show up and do sales for Black Friday or mm. Colour Friday or Indie Friday, whichever Friday it is, like I should do that. Um, I should be strategizing. I should, 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 should. And then actually I'm going, but what do I need to do? And actually what I need to do is rest. And then the rest will become apparent after the rest. So yeah, so today's been amazing. Um, I didn't realize this was going to happen, but some early tickets have been Annex Story Festival. So I've been supporting the team um, with Annex Story Festival. I did some engagement consultation with those guys and it was just brilliant fun earlier in the year to re to really reflect on the first festival and think about who might be coming for the second festival. And now those early tickets have come out today. I'm on the lineup and Emma Gannon's on the lineup. Sharon Blackie's on the lineup and that's just the first release. So there's going to be more coming. And that felt like a real buzz um, because of how I've been feeling, because I'm ready to rest, because it's like, oh, yeah, 2024 is coming and things will yeah. happen in it and they will be magical and beautiful. So, yes, I think you're so right. A day of extremes. Um, and you're doing a huge amount of juggling, aren't you, at the moment? You've been in and out of London. Kids are pooly. You know what? We're all really quite feeling the end of the mm. year calling to us to put everything down. Yeah. And I think it is worth saying a massive congratulations because that is so exciting. As you say, there's magic coming in 2024. Um, I often talk to clients about this point in the year. Sometimes they get this real energy to just, well, it's the end of the year and I want to burn it all down and start again. You know, it's kind of like we're watching over here in the UK, everything kind of decaying and getting ready to rebirth. And there's this kind of, I should do the same because it's just you know, I've, I've expended my energy and now I need to build it up again. But actually, isn't it wonderful to see that those seeds that you've sown over this past year are already giving you rewards for 2024? It's just thrilling to me as mm. someone who so admires what you've been doing um, as a professional. Uh, and yes, you catch me today on a particularly sort of vulnerable day just because I've got three kids for anyone who's new and kid two and three are both poorly we have a nanny two days a week. Um, one of her four children is poorly. So we've had a full house today, various children crying at various points. Um, but I think we have reached an equilibrium now, although we just had my son coming in just before we press this record saying, what shall I do? Because I'm bored. So clearly mm -hmm. he's feeling better. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been the most amazing season. Again, for those of you, maybe this is just a recap or if you're new, 
September 2023 marked for me becoming full-time freelance. I don't work full-time. Um, and it has been the biggest highs and the biggest lows. It's taught me to really respect the cyclical living that I talk a lot about because in September as you might expect with that back to school feeling I had so many new one-to-one coaching and mentoring clients on board people you know they they'd got to the end of the summer holiday they were ready to invest in themselves use that September energy what a lucrative month that was I also had loads of film work come in and it was sort of this abundance of just let me give you more money Laura let me give you more money Laura But I remember saying to you, I know that October is not going to be like that. And October was a wild ride because I spent six working days in October doing some cover work for a teacher in a school, um, teaching music to children as young as seven, right up to 16. And then I found out I wasn't going to be paid for that until the end of November. So I've been banking on this big chunk of money for October that suddenly wasn't going to come. Plus, I had two weeks because of the way half term fell with my children and so I couldn't earn in that time because I wasn't working plus the film scene was quite quiet because it was a particular moment of um of tension within the film industry so we had a quiet November and suddenly all this work that had been coming in just sort of stopped and you and I know that we had a few conversations where I was going this is really hard because I can't live with this unpredictability So I think for both of us, we've been reflecting really profoundly on what sustainable growth looks like. November has been much more balanced, um, a nice combination of work. December, I am trying to lean into the fact that there won't be many people who suddenly say, oh, I want to work with you as a coach and mentor and start in December. There might be some, but that's given me the opportunity to really think about what I want 2024 to look like and as I reflect on what it means to be freelance above all I'm grateful for the flexibility it's afforded me that's been extraordinary I have missed and I and I noticed this in our craving on our online platforms for community so much and I think it's because as a freelancer your communities are so disparate and there's lots of ups and downs about a school but one of the things about a good school is It is definitely a community. You know, there's other people to talk to, to hold, to share a hot drink with. Come gather with me. Let's be together. And I have really noticed that absence. So I made a big decision to go for a one day a week singing teacher post because I was craving this connection with young people, craving this connection with other humans. Um, This school also happens to employ its singing teachers. So in the UK, for teachers, we have something called the Teachers Pension Scheme. This may seem a little detailed, but actually, when we talk talk about our mindset around our businesses and our being, it has been so freeing for me to know, not just that I'm going to have a day's worth of singing income coming in from January, because I got the job, hooray, but also that I have this pension pot that I'm once more able to contribute to. And when you've had that constant, I started teaching when I was 21 and then you take it away. It has, I think, in some ways really stultified my progress in my business because there's been the fear. And so I really wanted to share that anecdote today, because if you are somebody like me, like you, who does more than one thing, 
I think when we talk about that, it's not just the topics that we're doing or how we're exploring them. It's how we're getting our money from them. Are we getting regular payment plans? Are we getting one-off chunks of money? Are we getting a salary? Are we getting a sudden funding boost to the bank account? And all of these are such different energetic shifts. All of these are such different emotions that they bring in. You know, I know that even watching these Substack readers like, sorry, Substack creators like you, you know, somebody who is wildly successful on there, Nonetheless, it's still a wild ride of emotions, you know, with your paid subscribers for everyone as far as I can see. And so that constancy that will come from January, which will bring its own limitations as well, it will be less flexible, nonetheless has proven to me that my character needs that community, needs that connection and needs that constancy. So that's been one of my biggest reflections over the last few months it's really beautiful to hear you talk about that and to talk about how it holds you as well you know so there's the professional connect and that depth of like you spoke about it like a craving right like you Mm. want to teach young people and we've had those conversations before you've shared some beautiful pieces of music and testimonies and stuff with me and it's just incredible work isn't it It, yeah it can exist alongside coaching and mentoring and working out what you want to do with Substack you know working out what your programs are going to be it can like you've proven that it can and it and it is again and it's yeah it's really lovely when do you start that job so that's January January Um, yeah and I held a workshop this morning for my group coaching I have a group, group coaching program that is infinite you know just goes on and on and on and on and you can stay for as long as you want and most people have signed up for forever as long as I'm alive and I was running a workshop this morning on content creation for them and we were talking about goal setting and I said well my goals in September very honestly were see what it's like with more clients see how the singing goes see how much I miss teaching those were my goals you know I had nothing more refined than that and it's been really interesting to get to the end of 2023 I also have my own new coach now she's excellent and to have some really concrete goals which I can share later on in this in this podcast um but it has been a complete discovery and you know to my delight the more I say I'm available the more singing work seems to come my way which is again very reassuring um and the singing opportunities I've had have been amazing and you've been very encouraging in 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 pushing me to share that more which I feel able to do but I think so often when we make those transitions and maybe if you're listening to this and you've had a big transition in your life, whether or not that's bringing a new life into the world, whether or not it's changing what your work looks like, it's almost like because we've done that, we're expected to know exactly what that's going to look like. And to have such, you know, ostensibly vague goals was slightly terrifying, but was actually also very honest. And I have achieved all those goals. Like I've got a really good idea of what client acquisition looks like now. I've got an idea of where the bits are missing in my customer journey and where I need to fill them for 2024. I've got a really clear idea of what my capacity can look like as a singer, what my vocal load can hold, but also what I can hold as a mother, um, how available I can be. I've been amazed at how productive I am on the train. You know, some of my best work has been written on the train this year. And I've been amazed and delighted by how inspiring I find going into London. It's just the biggest joyful trip of being Laura who goes into London. And I and I wondered with you how you have found in this kind of whole new community that you've created and connected over on Substack, but yet the kind of the 
almost the paradox of you living this very rural, quiet life in Northumberland and how you found that change when I, you know, look back on the life that you did have prior to this big move and how that's all feeling. Mm, yeah, it's a really good question. And, you know, I have really fed from your energy of being in London and going into London. And, you know, we've joked about your life <laughs> being like a film, but it does feel like that when you live rurally and somebody is just hopping into London to record for a <laughs> film. Like I've just really, really adored that. And I was having a conversation with um, a new friend on Instagram this morning over voice notes. You know, isn't it just magic? You can do that. It's a new writery mm. friend. And it was about the Substack get together. So Substack had this party in London. It looked very cool, very edgy. <laughs> you know, there was free books at the end. The photos all got like such glamorous filters on. It looked beautiful. And there was part of us both that was curious as to what that kind of FOMO is. Is it jealousy? Did we want to be there? Could we be there next year? Could we create our, you know, that whole sort of thing. Mm. And part of us, we were both saying, so she used to live in London and I used to live in Newcastle, which is a much smaller city than London if you're listening abroad. But um, it is a city nonetheless, and it has an incredible cultural scene. And yeah, that whole life was magical and vibrant and beautiful and busy and full and offered a lot of spontaneity and that's what I miss the spontaneity I feel that motherhood gives me less spontaneity much much less and rural living and motherhood combined it's like okay like planning is something that I need to be very conscious of and then sometimes you know the other week I got a VIP invite to this Christmas light switch on I consciously hadn't planned any Christmas activities for the kids because it got too much last year. We lost my father-in-law. You know, my son was really poorly. I was really poorly. It was just a big old mess. And I was like, I'm not going to plan anything. I'm just going to see what lands. And so this landed in my inbox on the Friday to go on Monday tea time with the kids. Um, and it was beautiful. Dave was just back from Portugal. He'd been working in Portugal teaching yoga. And we all went along for the Christmas light switch on. And it was one of those moments I think it's kind of what I'm trying to describe, that kind of spontaneity, slight spontaneity of going, things can still happen. Things can still feel really special. Things can still feel like, yeah, magical and vibrant and possible. Um, it's just less. <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit less. And today's been like that. You know, I did not know I was going to get that link today to book, no. book tickets for the Annex Story Fest, you know, and it's a beautifully curated set of events Um, some really incredible authors it's right on my doorstep it's like five minutes drive for me so yeah so I think just breathing into what's going to be possible now Luna is going to turn three so that's been on my mind a lot I've spoken to you about it she'll get 33 hours of childcare come January so the, the financial juggle will be less the logistical juggle is still there but it's like my world is going to open up again to working outside of being online or just rural Northumberland and this happened with my son as well so I was working down in London for the Tate for the National Theatre all of those things happened you know it's like I just have stopped them for the last little while and so I'm you know for anyone listening if you think what how how well do Claire and I know what's going on in the ins and outs of each other's lives we know very well you know we are each other's allies in this crazy world and it's such a joy but every time we talk in this capacity, we talk about things that we would never talk about offline, if you like, because it's this wonderful place of curiosity. I think as 
peer-to-peer creative-to-creative um, rather than, if I say simply in inverted comments, human-to-human. And so I'm genuinely really curious to know how those kind of perceived limitations or rather boundaries around your time that you've had to instill based on, you know, age of your children and where you live, how that then feeds into your your process for planning your work. Because one of the things that I always say to you, I'm so impressed with is you just always seem ahead. You always seem like, yeah, I've got something scheduled and ready to go. Oh yeah, I've come up with that. I've got the next thing. Yet you still manage to have a kind of creative freedom about you. So I'd love to know how you are then able to plan your business and plan your plan your creativity. Mm, I think um, this particular term has been a tough one for me because usually and we've spoken about this before usually I'll have about five solid irons in the fire so a couple of commission contracts a funding bid or two will be in and then I've got my other work program I've got my substack space and just recently I really felt like I'm being tripped up and moved quite forcefully away from some of those kind of irons in the fire that have always been in the fire and I'm really questioning what that is about for me as a creative how that feels because I don't have that same stability like as of last week I don't have the two contracts that I've had for a long long time and you kind of go wow but the whole reason I was building up Substack is because there was this urgency around the times now my work's really landing. I've got a skill set that doesn't exist anywhere else on the platform to talk to people about Substack on the platform. And there was just a huge urgency to do that work around family life, around my other contracts. There was a huge urgency to try and describe what I offer to the world in a more succinct way than I had been able to do previously. So my way of describing myself to the world was always based on the last role that that somebody gave me or the last commission and however they described it I would then describe myself oh well creative producer I'm a project manager I'm a fundraiser um and actually once I started putting energy into this kind of momentum I really realized that all of the work that I'd been doing was around a- engagement and partnership working sometimes I'd had those titles but they'd been mixed in with other things so there was this kind of rebirth of me as a creative as a co-creator as a space holder And it felt like for the first time, like, finally, finally, I know how to describe what it is I do, how I do it for multiple types of people, individuals, organizations, corporates, um, and set out that stall. And we've spoken about this a little bit, that I kind of took up some space on LinkedIn for the first time. I was like, I really want to take up this space and put it out there. It's a professional platform. It's obviously got your CV inbuilt. And I want to play around and understand how people are professionally talking about what it is that they do and who it's landing with. Because there's a lot of kind of business to business partnership happen there. There's a lot of kind of chats that can happen in Messenger. So it was just a really interesting space to play around with that and then have the comfort of turning it all off and being in that space of creating on what has felt like pretty much a brand new platform. Substack was started in 2017, but it still feels very new to us all this last year in terms of how we can use it, video being introduced, hosting our podcast there. It's been a massive invitation for a multimedia creative. It's Mm. been a massive invitation for people that want to host community and also people who want to talk to each other in a really quite sort of friendly yet sophisticated way. You know, they already see each other as peers, we're already writing and taking up space there. So you've already got this kind of 
collaborative approach to let's lift each other up. And I was just so grateful for that. You know, the cultural sector can be so competitive and um, so focused on awards and accolades. And I just hadn't felt that same thing on Substack. And so, yeah, I've, I ran with it. <laughs> I definitely yeah. ran with it. It was interesting when you were saying about goals, because I haven't had any kind of lofty goals for a while you know they've always been always been very embodied and very kind of like you say seasonal and cyclical and like okay I'm reflecting into this and breathing into that and I just knew I think it was in the summer I said to you I really want to get Substack bestseller and it feels dangerous to say it out loud not in a way that I could be harmed but in a way that felt new to take up space to say I want that like I want that for myself and I think I can get it and then October I got the email um, (laughs) and I still find it bizarre because the previous version of me didn't believe that that would have been possible. Mm. And now I'm in it. I'm like, why did it, why did I feel that? You know, why did I have those beliefs around who I am as a writer, creative who also likes to write, but now a writer as well. Mm. Like I'm going to own that space. Two reflections I've got for you on that. And one is going to make you laugh and the other is, is possibly more profound. And the first one is I remember having a conversation with you about, sections on Substack and someone was like I don't know what these sections are what is this and you were like oh yeah well you can use sections they're really useful you can use it to talk about different things and you were like you don't need another Substack and then I remember you leaving me a voice note being like yeah I've created a second Substack because I've just got and it's one of the first times I've known you a long time now where I heard this determination you were like do you know what I need this space because I really feel called to use this platform in this new way and to me, it was so obvious. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, if I was to speak to anyone about Substack, I'd say go and speak to Claire. She she is, she is, gets it. She's got it from the very beginning. Go and speak to Claire. So it was so obvious. Um, but I loved that it almost felt quite audacious for you to say, I can have two spaces here and I can be, I can use this place to fulfill two different roles you know and it's so wonderful the way that you've got these two spaces one way you can really take risks with your own creativity with your own output and the joy of me seeing people paying you for that as a writer I think that's really profound and I really hope that you reflect on that and then seeing you as an expert as a teacher as a mentor in your second space you know obviously sparkle which is just as it should have done just blossomed and it's just sparkling all over the internet I love it um but the second reflection I one of my um clients she won't mind me talking about it I won't name who she is but she's trying to create something which for her feels really new she is one of the best in her field at what she does across the globe she's a a suppressional musician and she's extraordinary but she's trying to do something that incorporates another element of her life um, to do with neurodivergency. And today is part of this, this group that she's also in with me. I said, look, do you know what? As part of what we're doing today, we're just going to do a good old fashioned SWOT analysis. And she'd never done a SWOT analysis because she's a musician. They don't do SWOT analysis analyses. And she said, oh, oh it's so useful. It's so useful. Um, and I got to the T and threats. It's like, what are my threats? And she said, oh, do you know what my threat is? I said, what is it? She said, oh, it's, the, it's my fear of myself. And I said, okay, tell me more about that. And she said, it's so strange because everything that I'm trying to do, I've been doing this forever. I've just been doing it in different environments or with different labels or to a different audience. But actually, I know I've been doing this forever. I know I can do this. I know I'm an expert, but that fear is there saying, 
who are you to take that space? Who are you to have that label? Who are you to have that title? And I think in terms of kind of awakening goals for you, if we reflect on it, it has been about you going, no, I can take up space as a writer and I can take up space as an expert and I can take up space to say, I'm choosing to do this, not as you say, determining your title or determining your role or determining your place according to what contract you've been awarded. And that is a really scary place, but ultimately it's a really thrilling space. And so I suppose a challenge for you, because right now the big thing is what does Claire want to do next? Claire wants to rest next. <laughs> but when we, if, if you look ahead, is there anything that makes you feel tingly about, a, apart from obviously the top billing at the festival, my love, which is so cool. But is there anything else that you're kind of going, oh, wouldn't it be exciting if in 2024? Oh, I just love doing these podcasts. Your questions are so generous. I'm just like, <laughs> so beautiful. So what's been really interesting around that time that I split off the Substack, I called them Stay Creative on Substack posts, and they worked until they didn't. And then there was this real embodied sense of, I really cannot write another one of these posts, but yet people love them. And so it was this kind of self-sabotaging kind of period of like angst of going, oh my goodness me, like I cannot write another one of these posts in this space. It feels so wrong to do it. And I didn't know what else I was going to do. I still loved Substack just as much, but I was like, something's going on. And the energy that I'd built up with Creatively Conscious, which is the name of my business and also the name of my Substack, it was almost like it was being throttled by this teaching space, by this creative space of saying, you know, we make the rules on Substack. We're all brand new here. Don't feel like you can't start or try something different or test something different. I really wanted to get that message out. But Creatively Conscious, the Substack space didn't want me to do it there. So it was like it had its own energy. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not quite sure what this is yet, but I'm going to run with it. And obviously it was terrifying. I did it. We're a few months in. So I think it was the very end of July that I opened Sparkle and Substack. And then it's gone brilliantly. I've really enjoyed that space. It was very clear to me what it was going to be and what I was going to offer as part of that space. And so many people have said, why isn't it just one space? Why isn't it just you? You give that advice to other people. I mean, Sarah Faye, writers that work, beautiful Sarah Faye had said to me, I really think this is one space. And I'm like, it absolutely isn't. I just knew that in my gut. And I didn't necessarily know why other than I knew that I had more to say in that space. And as time's gone on and what's transpired in the cultural sector has transpired and this huge funding rejection that just felt monumental. So I tried mm -hmm. to trick myself by saying I'm only 20 percent sure that I'll get it. However, I've been doing the work for three years and it was already a second application. So we'd already put it in three years ago when I was pregnant with Luna and didn't get it. And then so it was based on the feedback of that first rejection. So by telling myself that I was only 20% sure that I would get it, I was like, I'll be fine if it's a no. <laughs> and then of course, so this is only a week ago, of course, when it was a no, I realized that that trick hadn't worked and that there was part of me that really was wrapped up in that identity of what I'd written. You know, it was a 10 month project and so many people invested in it. Lots of people financially invested in it as well, but that only comes off if it if you get the arts council money and so I was in this like space this cave really of rejection and just really having a good look at what rejection is for me what it is for us as creatives that whole really quite dark shadowy space of having a look having a feel around wondering what it was all about 
And then as I came to kind of articulate it more, I realized that maybe what Creatively Conscious has allowed me to do is to test out some of my writing around memoir and around that curiosity of going, do I have a memoir that I want to write? If I did, what would it be about? And I said to my therapist on Wednesday, I feel like, and I've said this to you as well, Laura, I feel like I'm done putting myself in the position where rejection is just part of what I do. I'm kind of, I'm at the end, my nervous system's at the end. I'm at the end of those big highs and lows, the high risk, high reward funding picture. And this no has kind of opened this door on what if my memoir is about rejection? What if it is about my experience of rejection from being really, really small and my dad leaving when I was four, right up to being 42 and going, wow, like that's the last time I'm going to be rejected. I'm not saying that it is, but that creatively came to me as like an entire thing to explore. Like, could I write a memoir that is all housed in this kind of space of reflection around rejection and how I've navigated that and how the next part of the story is not that? Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't written that story yet. I don't know. Like we're right here, we're right now. And I'm still in that reflection space, but it has been so painful. So, so painful. Um, yeah. And I don't mind saying that. So <laughs> very dramatic um, pause there, but yeah, that is, that's, that was why creatively conscious wasn't ever going to be Substack teaching because I had more, I knew I had more to say. I wanted to say more. I wanted to hold space for being a writer and I wasn't you know when I first started I was writing some blogs and it was very blog style and I've been enhancing my craft and I've really enjoyed that and I've got so much more to do and I'm so excited about spending more time in memoir writing classes and in in any writing class really and just kind of going okay like maybe this is something maybe this is something now maybe it's about that acceptance that most of your career has been about facilitating other people's creativity and that you've allowed yourself this space where you can now facilitate your own creativity um for sure and I'm really excited to see what happens with that it's a it's such a funny word creativity it's so loaded as you know one of my um one of my goals in 2024 is going to be to try to demystify that wonderful word of what creativity is not least because having worked with so many different types of creative over this this you know since September I've seen how how troublesome that word can be at times um particularly around creative process around sense of self around income and these are all things that I'm really excited to explore in 2024 and I'm definitely going to do and I think one other reflection we've both had over these past few months which is just worth saying now you know we started this podcast by me saying well today I feel very you know, weary because I've got two ill children and well, I had three ill children in my house. Um, but actually, it's amazing how for both of us, we're both into 10 years as, as mothers. And the wisdom that that's given us both, the acceptance, the grace to have really torrid at times experiences with our children or to experience them going through, you know, moments of real anguish for whatever reason that might be and actually for us to be able to nonetheless have that relative stability and resilience within our businesses and I know that when I was a newer mother I just simply through lack of time that's all it was it was it's not that I've become some kind of sage over the last 10 years but I recognize that that expanse of time 
has given me the wisdom to see everything as a phase more I suppose what I'm trying to say to see everything as part of this rich experience of my being and my business and my um and my whole self rather than it completely throwing me off course and I really wanted to take a moment to celebrate that in myself as well and it's not to say that there won't be moments you know we're both getting tweens aren't we you know our, our children our oldest children are very similar ages and soon that's a whole new landscape to navigate just as we both enter this midlife phase so we'll have our own you know profound hormonal changes and feelings around identity in that sense as well but I just thought it was really interesting to reflect on how when we talk about you know being balanced in business in motherhood the motherhood piece has as a freelancer at this point actually affected me far less than I thought it would even though there have been points this term which have been really challenging and I think we've both spoken about that and felt quite similar about that Mm, yeah definitely I feel like there's been a calling with both children you know to make them proud to make them feel proud and those conversations Mm -hmm. are much more 3D these days you know my son I'll ask about YouTube you know I started um building a little presence on YouTube this year was like a little kind of goal back in um in springtime and uh, he's fascinated with it and I just find that so quirky and interesting because to him it means something so all of the ways that I've been able to articulate what I do over the years to him didn't really land and now he's nine going on and the YouTube part of what I do lands (laughs) it just makes me smile you know and he's proud and then when I tell him about Substack when I hit bestseller I said it was 100 paid subscribers he was like that's really good mom you know and he's just like wow like and it's not that the other stuff hasn't been good like there's been so much beautiful stuff but he hasn't felt part of it I haven't you know been able to kind of have him in those curated spaces or in those events or in those festivals in the way where we could kind of visually experience them so Mm. this way there's just those little nuggets isn't there and I feel um yeah I feel like this first three years with Luna it's been so turbulent in lots of ways we've moved nurseries three times and for good reason you know each time but that in itself has been heart-wrenching and really really difficult and then there's been these beautiful lulls of just quiet time like today I was thinking what should we do we just went for a hot chocolate and went to buy our birthday cake she's having an early birthday party tomorrow and I just yeah I just in that stillness with her I was so appreciative that we get to hang out together and we get to do that together on a random Thursday Mm. um and I've loved that and I know I'll miss that you know so Mm. the juggle of having the two of them and trying to kind of plug in and trying to help them to become who they want to be and help them to find their independence in the world is always a challenge but those moments in motherhood where we just get to be like me and them and it's usually when I'm one-to-one with either of them um I just really yeah I just really value that and I really feel it as it's happening and I really appreciate it as it's happening and I think that is partly to do with those pause moments of being self-employed and inviting all of that in but also because I'm that bit further into motherhood now and you know how quickly it goes <laughs> so you and really, it really try does to kind go of, so yeah. quickly and at the same time I have recognized with my third that I'm not that I'm able to take up space in my work in a way that I didn't feel able to do with the other two even though actually I was probably working more with the other two I'm working less but I'm much more explicit about it now, probably because of the reasons that you said that the older two just get it. They get how 
proud mummy is of her work. They get how um, proud they can be of mummy's work. And of course, sometimes that's easy because it's all mummy's on the radio or mummy's on the telly or mummy's in that film. You know, that's cool. They've all loved to say mummy's on Barbie, even though that was one of the most boring soundtracks in terms of my input, not in terms of the overall soundtrack. Um, but that's been really cool. But also with my littlest, it's been wonderful to say, you know, we have this nanny and I I feel so proud of that. I feel so proud that my work has enabled him to have this like incredibly loving person whilst I'm still going and creating work that then makes me so much more appreciative of the time that I have with him. So much more appreciative and so much less you know, we've spoken about this before. We say, how's your day? And I'll go, oh, I'm making my third meal of the day. And I just hate making meals for my kids. I just, it's not the meals, it's the clearing up. I just hate it. I hate doing all the right. Now I've got to clean the floor because the baby's, you know, throwing his food everywhere, but also it's just, and, um, but I'm so much more appreciative of the gift of being able to do it when I've been working. And, and I guess it's that understanding of myself of going, that's just how it is for me. For other people, that might well be their favorite part of motherhood. For me, it's just been wonderful to go, isn't it great that when I have the chance to do something like this, my shoulders drop, I'm, you know, in our music room right now, which has become my office, but I'll go out of here after this. She's just picked up um, my oldest from school. I'll go out and I'll hang out with my daughter for 20 minutes. I'll kiss the baby or kiss another one. And then I'll go back and do another half an hour's work. And she's mm. there and they're safe and they're loved. And that just, mm. don't get me wrong. It is an enormous privilege to be able to a have the work and b be able to find somebody who can do that but it's also a kind of a further celebration of of making that happen and being really deliberate about it and not apologizing for welcoming childcare in so that I can work in a way that really nourishes me and I think that acceptance has just been delightful this term we're absolutely massive and I just I love that you mentioned that in terms of how it how it lands with you like you know that privilege like you've said that to me from the off you know when we were talking about when you were going to go back to work and how that was all going to be and I think with I really want to say to everyone listening there is such a privilege in that as well so I started scheduling substack posts for Thursday lunchtimes knowing that I'd be with Luna but she wouldn't mind later on in the afternoon if there were some comments to respond to or if it had been shared and there was any notifications that I could do that, have that extra breathing space. So I'll work on Monday to Wednesday, but also then these little chunks of time where something can land in the world, all over the world, um, and there might be some things to reply to and I can do that and weave all of that in to my business while I'm at home with her has just felt absolutely incredible and has really, really helped me to make sure that I feel that I'm there for her. And it was really yeah. important for me to to feel those things, to feel like I could be there for. And there's definitely been times where I've found it really difficult to drop her off. Um, but I've also been desperate to drop her off so I can come back and do the work, you know, like yeah. maybe she'll listen in the future and she'll be like, oh, thanks mom. But <laughs> yeah, like the, the toddler years have been challenging with my daughter. Yeah. My son was very sort of easygoing, didn't sleep much, but was very easygoing. My daughter is fierce. And so, yeah, some days I'm very, very glad that I get to come home and just like work in my business and she's doing her thing. And yeah, yeah it's a big thing, isn't it? It's a big thing as well, because people are you know entitled to do motherhood any way that they choose and Absolutely. I think in us telling our stories it's just that big permission slip to say but what do you choose you know don't worry about what anybody else is doing what do you want to do how do you want to balance it all you know do you want an extended leave from business do you want to weave it in like how does how does that look I know for us you know we've 
been really lucky to have a little holiday together, Luna and I, um, to Mallorca just recently. And even that, you know, I just feel like, wow, like I just went and did that with her for five days. Like what a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, just gave myself permission that that's what, that's what I was doing. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't working, you know, I wouldn't yeah. have felt. But like it's could, also, so it was the balance again. <laughs> it's that timely reminder though, that that is the, that is the payoff because doing your own thing is the biggest privilege because normally we start doing our own thing we don't start from absolutely nothing there's probably something in us that goes but it will be okay but it will be okay it has to be okay but at the same time you can't just say well I'm having an off day so I don't feel like it." you have to keep showing up because you have to pay Mm. the mortgage you have to pay the rent um it's on you it's not on anyone else you know we are a company of two as the podcast but we are companies of one we are the ones that are going to drive our income and that is it if we don't drive our income we need to go and get a job which as I've mentioned earlier is also really exciting but the payoff is creative freedom nourishment but the chance to do things like you've just mentioned to go to Mallorca to say this is when I'm putting my annual leave and this is when I'm taking my break but all this is how I choose to balance my work so that occasionally there is a beautiful meshing of weaving of those two worlds and it doesn't feel messy because I've chosen it and it feels really lovely and um and so Mm. I celebrate you for finding that equilibrium and I'm so excited to see what will happen when your little girl is a three-year-old and you have these 30 hours what is 2024 going to bring for Claire Mm. how exciting yeah I'm still I'm still nervous about it Laura I'm still really nervous of that expectation you know yeah. 30 hours and I didn't use them all with my son so that's the other thing to say I, I kept him at home with me for a day for a Friday we used to have a Friday together so I'm curious about it I feel like I'm going to use them all because she's so ready for the settings yeah. that we've chosen for her I think she's going to she's going to be across two settings but I'm nervous at what the 30 the expectation of what the 30 hours is going to invite yeah. of me um because I still have to look after the house and be a mum even though they're in school it's like you've still got those other things so it's again the balance it's the question of balance and how that feels and what that will feel like in the depths of winter in Northumberland I was joking to a friend you know but it's like six to seven months of winter in Northumberland there's no getting away from it it's like (laughs) over half a year of winter so yeah um we need to um look after ourselves in that and it's not my most vibrant time like you know that I am Mm. you know unbelievably productive and excitable in summer you've seen it happen happens every single summer so this time is yeah something different so we'll see where we get to so that um the car has just this it's making a strange squeaking noise so my husband has brought the kids back now so I think we'll have to wrap up really soon <laughs> seems like a natural conclusion but, to start. yeah and I, but before we do I just wanted to just ask you Laura you know as we were heading into this slower more wintry time and you know that you're going back to teaching and stuff after the Christmas break what are your plans what are your plans for downtime how are you going to be spending your time you know with your kids and making the most of all of that how's that going to be I am ever the teacher. I always do an activity advent calendar. Oh, you. (laughs) Of course I do. Right. This is who I am. You know, I just love it. So I've got I'm so excited about doing that with the kids. And I always use it as a chance to, you know, we always make a box for one girl and one boy of their ages and send it off. And we talk a lot about charity and a lot about giving. And we talk a lot about religion as well at Christmas um and what different people believe different you know why this is such an important festival this festival of christmas to some people and why it means nothing to others um but i am 
as I think I've said before, essentially in my head, I'm still a child. And Christmas for me is just a time of abundant joy. You know, bring on December the 1st, I will be covered in sequins and tinsel. So my children are quite similar. So we've got some wonderful things planned couple of surprises couple of days out especially as my daughter nine nearly ten she's on that cusp of things changing and I just want to make magic for her so I'm really looking forward to time with my babies I'm looking forward to lots of music making I'm looking forward to lots of baking for me life is so um, sensual if I say I enjoy my senses so uh, there'll be a lot of candle making there'll be a lot of baking there'll be a lot of list making and going to the supermarket and buying the ingredients and then coming home and making them and then what I know will happen is I will get to the 28th of December and my brain will be going this idea this idea this idea this idea so I've already said to my husband you know I need a bit of time in that period just to allow that to come out I'm going to need a few hours on my own just to get that stuff out because otherwise I'm going to get resentful and I'm going to get itchy and I'm going to get restless. And then the most exciting thing of all is we have our um we have a night away at the start of January. <laughs> the only and my mum is having the kids and the only thing she said is don't come back pregnant with number 4 because the last time we went away I came back pregnant with number 3. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to being Laura, being wife being glamorous and wearing something that nobody can get snot on or that nobody can get paint on and just feeling fabulous um so I cannot wait for that season but equally I've got a lot that I want to consolidate before we get there and Mm. I'm sure we will have a lot of plans for this space in 2024 but like lots of things at the moment we are just consolidating catching up and we'll see what 2024 brings Yeah, it's been such a brilliant, it's been great to launch this. I think that, you know, we were both so impressed with ourselves that we made it through a launch period and got it out in the world and gave it some identity. And it's been brilliant, hasn't it? And I think, yeah, we've got, we've got some, some, the start of some plans, haven't we, for 2024. So watch this space, but yeah. um, Thanks for coming along with us. Thanks for listening. Please send it to other friends that you think would like to listen. Please tell us if you've enjoyed it. You can leave reviews, you can come and chat on Substack and we just... We just love to hear from you. We love to hear your experience of, of motherhood in the world as well, 2023, 2024, wherever, you, wherever it's finding you. Um, it's such a special thing to connect. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We both hold as two values. Both of us have values of community and connection. So come and connect with us and join our community because we would love that. Lots of love to you, Claire, and you better go and greet your children and I will do the same. I will. See you very soon. Bye, darling. <laughs>